Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. To off limits, liberal, irreverent, oh, and really, really gay. Hey everybody, welcome to Game Ass. Um, I thought I'd play my original theme song. Well, it's not the original. Well, yeah, it's the original theme song for the show, for the Off Limits show, which Game Ass is a part. So I um, haven't played it in a while, and um, I need to start playing it more often. I should play it on every show, but I don't. <laughs> often on Game Ass shows, I'll play music first. But um, anyway, there it is if you hadn't heard it before. So welcome to Game Ass. Thanks for joining me today, tonight. It is, um, what is today? Today's the 9th, I think, right? No, today's the 10th. Because it's now after midnight. So it's actually Thursday, the 10th of uh, July, 2014. And tonight we're talking about several things I have on my plate to discuss tonight in gay culture. Um, One is I have a question from a listener, and I'm going to address that in a moment. Uh, But first I want to let you know, of course, as always, how you can find out more about me and find out where um, to find out more about me. You can go to offlimitshow.com. You can go to um, Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Also, I'm on iTunes. Uh, If you want to subscribe on iTunes, that would be great. Um, And um, also Twitter and Facebook, of course. Uh, There's a Facebook group, by the way, um, I created a long time ago. Um, But also, particularly, there's a a page. Um, Be sure if you go and search for Off Limits Show, that you go to the Off Limits Show page, which actually I think the URL for that is facebook.com slash Off Limits Radio. And um, comment away. I mean, I'd like to have a community there. People will actually talk about the, the show that, that you've listened to and talk about your uh, feedback or whatever. Or just talk to me. Or you can post questions like um, one of the listeners uh, we have uh, posted um, 
recently, a couple of days ago, he sent it to me via email, actually, um, asking me some questions about his relationship. But first, we're going to talk about some other things. First of all, um, I don't know how many of you watch Big Brother. Um, I'm, you know, I watch it. I'm a diehard fan of that show. Um, and there is on the show um, Zach, and there's a guy named Frankie. Now, Zach is heterosexual. He's straight. And he actually is um, from, I think he's from Boston. And if you are a fan of Big Brother, um, you might remember Dan from the show who won a couple seasons back. And the weirdest thing is my husband and I watching the show, we're like, you know, I said, this guy, he is, he's, he's just like Dan. I mean, he's got the same mannerisms as Dan. He talks like Dan. He gesticulates like Dan. He has similar looks like Dan. He's from the same area as Dan. And we're like, he's got to be related to Dan. I mean, seriously. So if you watch the show, and you know who I'm talking about, watch him and look at how similar he his the way he sits on the, the, the confessional sofa. Everything about him is just like Dan. It's really weird. He talks real loud like this when he talks to the, the camera like Dan did. <laughs> so it's just really strange. But anyway, he's got this showmance now, sort of. Uh, it's kind of a by default with Frankie, who's the gay guy, you know, the token gay guy on uh, Big Brother this season. And, um, so he says he's not sexually, he's not sex, it's not sexual. He's not as, he's not gay, but he has like a total romance with him and they, they sleep together. They cuddle together. They caress each other. <laughs> they hug, they play around. They're always doing everything together. So it got me to thinking about a straight man and gay man, like friendships or whatever. And, um, and it's kind of an odd thing because, you know, I've had these kind of relationships with with straight guys before. And one comes to mind is my personal trainer I had uh, a few years ago. Uh, Actually, it was a long time ago. It's been so long. It was seven years ago now. Um, That he would come to my house and we'd work out together. And he would train me three times a week and I'd work out on my own three times a week. And uh, he really got me into shape and everything um, then. And um, he was really great. Anyway, he was a really good looking guy. He He was a model. I mean, he actually did work, you know, as a model, he actually did print, print ads and he did like, um, um, uh, he was in acting and he was part of a pilot that was shot here in Dallas and whatever. Anyway, he was dating this girl and, um, they were, um, were serious and he was living with her, whatever. And he seemed to really be in love with her and he was, but anyway, throughout the time we were together, he was always like grabbing my ass and like slapping my ass and like flirty and things he would say and do and just it always really confused me and he was gorgeous of course so it was always hard for me to remember he's straight he's straight he's straight um and of course you know how many people of us i mean how many of us gay guys out there have not had a straight guy hit on us i mean straight guys hit on gay guys all the time you know uh surreptitiously surreptitiously you know trying to do it so that to see if there's any kind of response because they're interested or they're curious or whatever but I've never really been interested in straight guys and I wasn't interested in him that way. It's just, you know, sexually I was attracted to him, of course, because he was hot, but, um, but he was always doing stuff like that too. So do any of you ever have that kind of experience with, with straight guys who flirt with you, like sexually flirt with you, but they're not gay. And I don't think he's gay. I really don't think he was gay. Um, per se. I just think he was 
curious maybe <laughs> or just flirty or whatever i don't know he even told me one time he said if i were gay you'd be you you and i would be together and I'm like oh, okay and so <laughs> i'm like you say that's all your gay clients don't you but anyway it was just really weird so so then this this is this kind of reminds me of that this big brother kind of thing and and so it's always sort of um weird when a gay guy a straight guy uh, and a gay guy get close like this and there's like physical uh, affection. But you know, the thing is, you know, we're so conditioned in America, especially, uh, to not, you know, be responsive to, um, or for, for men have to be very anti affectionate, you know, we, men, whether you're gay, straight, whatever society almost dictates that we have to be very, um, you know, anti affectionate. We can't express affection to other men, uh, if you're straight, especially, um, well, only if you're straight, really, <laughs> um, you know, straight guys have this rule and even gay guys before they come out, you know, they're aware of that rule as well. Cause it's, it deems you as being gay or something in America. Whereas if you go to Europe, if you go to France or Spain, especially, or Italy is very much like this. They're very, very affectionate. Men are very heterosexual men are very, very affectionate with one another. And here in America, it's just like so taboo to express affection. And I think it really does fuck up with a lot of people, especially a lot of men, uh, and how we were raised by our fathers and, you know, whether you're gay or straight. Um, and a lot of, a lot of men, gay or straight grow up uh, believing that it's not okay to express emotion. And so they just hold it on inside, they bottle it up and then they explode or whatever. Um, so that's how they're taught or trained to be. And that's, that's the definition of a man in America. You got to be tough and hold it all in and all that kind of bullshit. Um, where, whereas in my opinion, the true, the true definition of a real man is one that can express emotion and express, um, themselves, you know, without having fear of being called a faggot or, or gay or, be, or showing affection to another man. And I don't mean in a sexual way, just, just like hugs or, or whatever specifically, or even more than that, but not like kissing, obviously, but, you know, just like affection, uh, holding hands even, which is, they do that all the time in Italy and in, um, in Europe, all across Western Europe. It's very, very common, just like girls do. If you think about women in America, you see girls holding hands all the time. I mean, I do anyway, and have all my life. And it doesn't mean they're lesbians. <laughs> People don't they automatically assume, oh, those are two, two lesbians because they're holding hands. Um, they just think that they're good friends or whatever. That happens all the time in Europe. You'll see two straight guys walking down the street holding hands and all the while whistling at women or something. So it's just really bizarre to me. In America, we have this this John Wayne mentality about what it means to be a man, and it's ridiculous. So, so when we see guys like this uh, or, or straight guys who are um, affectionate with other men, whether they're gay men or straight men in some way, which is outside the norm, the cultural norm that we have here in America, it, it's like, what the fuck are they doing? Are they gay? You know, that's the first thing we think of. So this guy, Dan, um, not Dan, <laughs> uh, this guy, Zach on big brother continually says he's not gay and this is not a gay thing. And I believe him. Um, now it doesn't mean that he's, it's true. I mean, there's obviously instances where there are straight guys who are questioning their sexuality or are curious or are, um, wondering what it might be like to be with a man. And so they do do it this way and they kind of trepidatiously sort of, um, try to, you know, flirt with a gay guy. But, um, I think more often than not, it's just a guy being a guy. So, and, you know, and you think straight guys, like, especially like soccer teams and stuff like in, um, Spain and stuff like that, there's even entire websites about how, 
they like kiss each other on the, on the fucking field, you know, if they win or make a goal or something, um, or they slap each other in the ass or pull, pull each other's pants down and grab each other's balls. Or, or so it's like things that you would think just gay guys would be doing, but straight guys do it too. So to me, you know, as part of being a man and being a guy, it's just an expression of uh, brotherhood and camaraderie, you know, that we guys have with one another that girls just don't really get. Um, wh- whether you're a gay or straight guy, we all have this kind of uh, sense of camaraderie because we're, we're men and it, it doesn't mean it's sexual. So anyway, I just wanted to say, I think it's, it, it's not fair to say that people who are like that are gay. I think sometimes they're just affectionate or just um, expressive and aren't necessarily gay. So now if they're wanting to kiss you and they want you to suck their dick or you want to suck theirs or whatever, that's a different story. (laughs) Or they want you to suck, they want uh, to suck yours. I mean, or fuck or something like that. I mean, that's a different story. I'm not talking about full blown sex here. I'm talking about affection, which is not the same thing. So anyway, that's that. Um, Wendy Williams, by the way, who's a cultural gay icon now, and um, she's not gay, but she is, you know, one of the gay divas that we gays uh, kind of hold up there as a gay, I don't know, a gay icon, basically, you know, like Madonna or whatever, in terms of our culture, I mean, and uh, because she's a, she's gay friendly and she's, uh, she's gossipy and dishy, just like most gay people are. And she is, you know, she's different. And so she's not like most people. And she's so, you know, we gay guys typically like people who are different. Well, she recently came out and said um, that uh, people often think that she's a man. And I remember when I first saw her on TV, for the first probably like two minutes, I was like, is that a man or is that a woman? (laughs) Is that a man or is that a woman? It says Wendy Williams, but, you know, I wasn't really sure. And for the same reasons that she mentioned in her quote, I'm going to read in a second, but, you know, she's tall, she's a woman. I mean, she's, she's tall and she's big and big boned or whatever. And she's, um, you know, she's, she's Amazonian pretty much, you know, like I would say. And so, um, her features are harder or whatever. And so she, you might think she's like, man, I definitely did for about a couple of minutes. And then Michael, my husband for like probably a year kept saying, that's a man, that's a man, <laughs> that's a man. <laughs> I said, no, it's not. She's not a man. It's a woman. And she's had a kid. He's like, no, she didn't. And so anyway, um, but anyway, so she said recently that uh, she spoke to ABC um, before she made her stand-up comedy debut in Las Vegas yesterday. Um, and she said uh, they'd ask her about being, you know, about what she'd had experience as being a talk show host, whatever. And she does say this. She says, quote, People do think I was born a man. That is absolutely not true. I get it. I've got a strong face, a strong body. I'm 5'11". I wear wigs. There's no worse way to insult a woman than by saying she looks like a man. But once a woman gets over that, there is no stronger woman. I think that's a fantastic quote. And it kind of shows her resilience and her... um, her beauty, you know, and I do think she does look like a drag queen. I'd say that for sure. <laughs> she looks like a drag queen a lot of the time because she's just very, you know, so does Dolly, Dolly Parton looks like a drag queen too. I mean, so it's not about her being a man or a woman. She's just over, she's over the top with everything she does in terms of her, um, you know, her, her beauty regime regime or whatever. And so I don't know, but I think it's, it's not fair to say that about her. I think she's obviously a, um, She's obviously a, um, uh, a, you know, definitely a friend to the gay community. I certainly like her. But anyway, 
That's that. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard about this guy. His name is Nash Greer, and he's this kid. I didn't really know that much about him. I don't really know anything about him, really. He's just kind of a – he's got a ton of followers on Twitter, um, and like a ton, like hundreds of thousands or something, I think. And he's like a kid. He's like in his 20s, I think, or early 20s maybe. And he recently um, – said, or he had posted on Vine a while back, he said this, if I can play it, here we go, hold on. So he says that, he said, it plays this bit of a commercial and he says, um, where the commercial says, testing for HIV, it's not a gay thing. He says, yes, it is, fag, like that. And I don't know, it's not all that offensive to me personally. I, mean, I don't think it's that offensive. I just think it makes him look like an idiot, a moron, as I always do when someone says bag or, or tries to be, you know, use some derogatory word to make people feel less than or something. It doesn't bother me for that reason. It makes him look like an idiot. And so, but he finds this to be okay. And so some guy named Tyler Oakley, he's at Tyler Oakley on um, Twitter, by the way, says, call me and people like me fag all you want, but spreading false information about deadly diseases is the next level. Um, And anyway, the guy, he gets all this backlash from it and he comes back and he says, I apologize for anything negative I've said towards gays and for that matter, anyone. I was young, ignorant, stupid, and in a bad place. I've moved on and learned from my mistakes and I am so truly sorry to anyone I have offended. I have nothing against anyone or anything that promotes equality. Sorry again. First of all, uh, yeah, exactly as this article says, who fuck, who the fuck cares? I mean, <laughs> nobody knows who this guy is. I didn't know who he was until I saw this and it became gay news or whatever. But who the fuck cares what he says and thinks? And um, it's just because he has like, so many followers, I guess, that it, this made sort of the gay news circuit. Um but the truth is that, you know, he, he, no one really gives a fuck what he, he thinks. And, and also, um, his, his apology wasn't much of an apology, apology. I mean, he's even posted things like gay rights, nah, and like, I don't think so. And I'm against gay marriage. Gay marriage is wrong. And blah, 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 blah. So the guy's obviously a bigot. He's a young bigot. And this is interesting because most of the time, most, most not all, younger people these days are very gay friendly. But this guy's a fucking moron, obviously. And, um, you know, typically, typically ignorant and stupid. And maybe he was having a bad year, but that doesn't absolve him from what he said and the things he says and does. I mean, obviously the guy has an issue with gay people, but whatever the case may be, um, you know, who the fuck cares? So did I talk about this already? Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell is coming back to The View. Now, I've watched The View since it was first on the first year or so. First year, second year or something. I think it was this, yeah, it was the first year because Debbie Matinopoulos, whatever the blonde chick was on there, the first one. And um, she's coming back to The View. Rosie O'Donnell, I like Rosie O'Donnell. A lot of people do not like Rosie O'Donnell. I think I understand. I feel that I understand Rosie O'Donnell because I feel like I've been treated like she has <laughs> to some degree because we have some similarities. She's a big mouth, opinionated liberal, like I am. And I'm a big mouth, opinionated liberal. So I, you know, I have no, make no, and I'm gay, just like she is. And so I have no, make no apologies for who and what I am, for who and what I, for what I think or for what I do. I, I make no apologies because it's no one's fucking business but my own. That's my, my attitude towards you know, the world, generally speaking. Um, I, by the way, I just took that, that quiz going around about how big of a bitch are you? Is that it was like 84% a bitch. So I'm considered a mega bitch just by the way. And it said, I wouldn't want to fuck with you. And they're right. They shouldn't, (laughs) but, um, 
mega bitch is, uh, is, is a compliment to me. Thank you. Um, basically, you know, the, uh, but you know, she, she's considered to be a bitch and difficult to work with or whatever. And, um, I think that people often misunderstand people like her or like me. I'm not saying I'm her, but I'm just saying that people who have been, uh, people have been villain, villainized, I guess, was that the right word? Villainized, um, you know, or vilified is the word I'm looking for, have been vilified by society or by um, a group of people or whatever for being outspoken and not making apologies for who and what they are, which no one should anyway, um, often begets uh, a great amount of hatred and, and vitriol and people who just hate you. And, you know, that's fine. But to me, it's just, you know, people sometimes are jealous as well of what you have and whether they themselves are aware of it or not. I'm not talking just about things, but I'm talking about a sense of self, a sense of, um, a sense of control, self-control, a sense of control over your own life and your destiny, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of, um, uh, confidence in general, just those kinds of things. I mean, and, I possess those things because I've gone through a lot of shit in my life. And I feel like it, for, one for being gay, two for being biracial, three for being agnostic, four for just being a nice person with a big heart who gets fucked over a lot and uh, by people who use him. Um, so those, those, you know, and, and so when that happens over and over again, you begin to get hardened and begin to not put up with people's fucking shit anymore. And so I think she's the same way. I think that, you know, when, for example, Elizabeth Hasselbeck was on the show and when, uh, Rosie O'Donnell left the show or that, that last, you know, moment she had on the show where they did the split screen, they were talking about the troops. Elizabeth Hasselbeck was, was insinuating to about Rosie O'Donnell. She was saying that she called our troops terrorists and Rosie O'Donnell asked her, do you think I'm a terrorist, Elizabeth? I mean, do you think I think our troops are terrorists, Elizabeth? Do you think that I think our troops are, 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 are terrorists? And she kind of double talked about it. She said, no, I want to know if you do. It's a yes or no question. And she would answer the question, of course, and that pissed her off. You could see that Rosie O'Donnell was visibly shaken and visibly upset. And she wasn't upset because of the argument. She was upset because her friend, whom she, someone she thought was a friend and someone she considered a friend, as she said in interviews about this, um, had stated that she that she was calling these people terrorists, our troops, and she wasn't, and that she didn't understand her. She felt misunderstood. She felt betrayed. And that's why, that's where her anger came from, and that's what people don't see and understand. And I, I saw that in that clip. I saw that when I saw it the first time. I saw it when I watched it over and over again. I saw what was happening between the two of them on an emotional level. Because I'm empathic that way. I just am. I've always been that way. I pick up on these things. And some people do, some people don't, especially if you're not that in, emotionally intelligent. But I picked up on those things, and I saw what was really going on underneath their, their anger. And yet... Everybody else just saw her as this big raging bitch because she uh, disagreed with Elizabeth or whatever. And the fact is that what she had said was on that show, um, Rosie O'Donnell said, "Look, uh, the you know we sent troops over to Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever they were talking about at the time. I can't remember which country we were in at the time. With so many of them, um, but she said, I think it was Iraq. She said, "Why did you know we went over there and and invaded a country that did not attack us." 
who's the real terrorist, Elizabeth? That's what she said. Something, something like that, anyway. And that's what she was saying, was that we as America are being imperialistic, going over to Iraq and saying, oh, well, you're not doing something we like. We're going to a sovereign nation and invading you just because we don't like what you did. And using it as an excusing the excuse that it has to do with fighting terrorism, when actually the terrorists were not even in Iraq, <laughs> they were in Afghanistan. And uh, it had nothing to do with Iraq. Iraq had oil, and that's why we went there. And that's what she was pissed off about. And that is what was underneath the anger. So my point in saying all of that crap is, is that um, you know people often misunderstand people uh, because they make jerk judgments or jerk, you know, jerk reactions to how they're behaving or what they're saying or what they're talking about, when in reality there's usually a lot more underneath it. Whenever I talk to somebody, even people I cannot stand or hate or whatever, or someone who's an opponent or someone who is, um, you know, yelling at me or being mean to me or whatever, I, I'm always thinking at that moment, I, and I do, and I've trained myself to do this. It's not like I'm some perfect person. Excuse me. I just am, I have worked on this my entire life because I am an empathic individual and emotionally empathetic and emotionally um, intelligent. And I've made myself understand and listen to when people are yelling and screaming and when they're, um, you know, calling me names or, or saying I'm horrible or this and that or whatever, I really listen to what they're saying. And it's almost always, well, no, it's always about them. You know, it's always about what they're feeling and, and something, some issue that they have. It's never really about me. <laughs> and the same goes for me if I'm yelling and screaming at someone, which I don't really do that much, believe it or not. Um, I really don't. Um, I, if I'm yelling and screaming at someone, it's not about the other person. It's about what I'm feeling or what I'm going through, which may or may not have anything to do with them. And so I sit there and listen to what they're saying. I try to analyze them. And that's just my an automatic thing for me. And I try to figure out where this is really coming from. And so when they're fucking done yelling and screaming at me or whatever, you know, I will fight back. And I will, if they're calling me names or something, I will fight back and I will, I will, I will call them names as well. Um, but I'm not, but I also understand that generally if it's, just, it's usually ignorance or stupidity. Um, and I feel sorry for them. And I almost always feel sorry for people who do that, who call me faggot or, or whatever the word they're going to use or whatever word. I mean, you could use a million words about me <laughs> that you could find as a negative word because people want to try to put me down or whatever. When people do that, I really just feel sorry for the person. That's the truth. I really feel sorry for them. I feel like there's something wrong with them mentally because there is, there's mentally a screw loose. If you're a bigot in any of any measure and if someone is uh, calling you names or whatever, that person has a screw loose because being bigoted makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I've talked about this on my show in depth before about why racism is literally stupid and has nothing to do with reality and is based on, on lies. Uh, and the um, same for homophobia and for misogyny and, and on and on and on. I mean, all of the, the things that people are racist or homophobic or, or you know, anti whatever, they all have a fucking screw loose. They do. There's a fucking screw loose. They're stupid. They're stupid. <laughs> it's a combination of being stupid people, people who are um, unable to uh, understand and, and decipher what's, what's real and what's not. And, you know, ignorance and just how they were raised and how they, and the people that they're around and what they're mired in. So I feel sorry for them because they are unenlightened individuals. They're people that do not know any better. 
And so I look at them as if I would look at a, a lost animal who's screaming and yelling and, you know, hissing and, and biting and scratching at you or something. Um, I feel sorry and pity for them. I don't feel like they're evil necessarily. Sometimes they are. Um, but I think that they are generally just lost, uninformed, and um, ignorant people. And so what can you do about that? Well, the only way to solve ignorance is what is to educate people and to enlighten them. And so that's what I try to do. Even people who are screaming at me and yelling at me, I debate them and I tell them I break down their barriers and break down their walls and break down their um, their arguments the best that I can so that maybe, just maybe, by the time we're through yelling at one another, they'll have a germ of understanding and, and maybe a germ of uh, thought about, well, maybe I'm, what I think is wrong or maybe what I think is right or whatever. They'll just have a way of thinking differently about it and seeing it from a different perspective. And that's the key to combating ignorance and bigotry, in my opinion, of any kind. Um, and so when you're looking at somebody, just remember whether it's Rosie O'Donnell, whether it's me, or whether it's whomever, and um, you, you think that they are acting a certain way because of a certain reason, don't jump to conclusions. Don't think that they're acting that way because it's uh, of the obvious. It's usually something that's far deeper um, and that you can't see and that you won't know about or understand unless you get to know the person. So I guess the best advice is to know who the fuck you're talking to. Don't just, um, don't just take other people's words for it. Uh, and you know, and that reminds me of something too real quick before I move on. Um, you know, you've got to always remember that people, <laughs> people's reputations are, um, based on in these days with the internet, the reputation is based on whatever is put out there, period. It's not necessarily based on the fact. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not. And it's of course true with me. You all know what I've had to go through before with this and stuff, which I'm still working on doing something about. But anyway, um, these things are, um, not, you have to remember that just because something looks like something walks like a duck, talks like a duck, doesn't mean it's a duck. And oftentimes people's reputations are these days are a conglomeration or whatever of, of both their internet personas, personalities, online personas, personalities, the real world, their work, their, all these things. And so it seems it's like people today have more than one kind of persona. It's like they have their work, their work selves, their home selves, their online selves. And it's as if, um, sometimes if you're an integrated individual and human being, which I try to think that I am, the three things are the same. So the person you are online, the person you are in your work life, the person you are in your, um, personal life, we're all the same person. And if you're an integrated human being and you, you, you have a sense of self and, and you like who you are, blah, 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 then those three people are generally the same person. I'm not talking about niceties and little white lies to say to people because you need to get through the day, you know, like, Oh, you look great today or whatever, <laughs> or, Oh, you know, Oh, that's so interesting when you really don't give a shit. I don't mean things like that. I mean, the core of who you are remains the same wherever you are. And I think that that is the true test of a, uh, truly unified human being and being gay. Sometimes it's really hard for people to do because they are, um, especially being gay because in the gay world, you have to have, you know, if you're not openly gay, if you're in the closet, you have to have your closeted self and you have to have your, 
your open self, your gay self, and you have two personas. So it teaches you almost how to have a um, dissociative disorder. I mean, you have a split personality, basically. Uh, I know before I came out when I was 14 that I, just like every other gay person, had two selves. Excuse me. Um, I certainly did. And I certainly had myself at school and I had myself at home. <laughs> I had myself with my mom and my family. I had myself not with my mom and my family. I had myself, you know, whatever. So um, that's very common for gay people because we're forced to live a lie because society doesn't accept us. And we ourselves don't typically know until we're like, you know, 12, 13 or whatever, for sure, or whatever. I knew when I was 13 or 14. I came out at 14. Um, so. I think the true test, you know, for, for someone is to have an integrated self is to actually be able to be themselves no matter where they are, no matter with whom they're with. Uh, it doesn't matter as long as you are you. For example, I'm always outspoken, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm outspoken whether I'm with my mom, with my family, my friends, whether with a stranger or whatever. Now, within reason, obviously with a client or something, I'm not going to go on a long diatribe about liberal politics and or conservative politics and how much I hate them, I mean, or um, about gay rights or anything like that. I mean, I'm not inappropriate or stupid or crazy. I'm not talking about doing that thing that way. I'm just saying that I'm still gay in the situations. I'm still me. And if they were to ask me if I were gay, I would say, yeah, I'm gay. Or I have a husband and not a wife or whatever. And I, I've done that. I've done that many times. And I've had clients, are you married? Yeah, I'm married. Uh, oh, do you have a, you know, what's your wife's name? I'm like, Michael. <laughs> they're like, oh. <laughs> and sometimes they're fine with it. And sometimes they're not. Most of the time they're fine with it. They don't give a shit. Um, especially since most designers are gay anyway. Hello. Um, so, so to do that takes a long time, a long, pra a lot of practice and a lot of, um, a lot of, um, years of living yourself as yourself. So when you come out of the closet, when you finally come out, you know, it's just the beginning of beginning to integrate your whole self. And it takes so many years to find, to be comfortable with who you are. If you're not able to be who you are until you come out then you're kind of behind the game in a lot of ways. You're just beginning to find out who you are when you come out in a lot of ways. And that's the truth because you, it opens up a whole world for you that you didn't know about yourself. And because you're allowing, um, the, the real, all of you, the whole you, the integrated you to be, um, visible and vulnerable to society. Whereas before you hit it in the closet and it was, it was safe and no one could touch that and no one could actually hurt you that way because no one knew that about you. So this all leads me to a question I have from uh, a listener and he sent me an email asking me this uh, a couple days ago and um, I wanted to respond to him on the air. I told him I would. So here's what he says. He says, hi, Donovan. I am in need of some advice. My boyfriend is not out of the closet all the way and is only out to very select people. I really want to be understanding and accepting of his decisions, and I don't want this to cause a rift in our relationship. He has already expressed to me that the only thing that 
would come between us is me pressuring him to come out of the closet, which I would never do. However, I feel that when he is with his straight friends, I get really insecure and become extremely jealous. This has always been an issue for me in any relationship, and I really need to learn how to manage my emotions and learn not to assume the worst. How do you or your listeners feel that I should handle the situation? Also, I need advice as to how and what I need to do to better manage my emotions. Thanks so much. So, um, his name is John. And John, I'll tell you that this is what I think. You ask my advice, I'm going to give you my advice. This is what I think from my experience living 40 years now. Well, 39. (laughs) 39 in one month. Um, Now, I have to say that I understand your your boyfriend's um, fear of coming out. First of all, I know your boyfriend is African American, and I have to say it's it's difficult enough to come out uh, any for anyone to come out with your whatever race you are. But for an African American male, it's really really difficult because um, the African American culture is incredibly incredibly homophobic. It's just one of the most homophobic cultures ever. If you look at just the African culture and look at how. Um, so many countries there, several countries there have tried to, and or have, excuse me, have passed Uganda for one, passed laws, um, the, the, the saying that you can't be homosexual, and if you are, you act on it, or even say you're homosexual, you can be beheaded or, or killed. That's how deeply seated and rooted in uh, the culture, even though it's not the American African American culture, but I think you know, that that's the African, um, sort of sentiment as well. It's just, it's just a black thing. It's just a black thing. And a lot of people in that culture are, um, very, very homophobic. It's just, it's almost, it's almost systematically, systematically, um, taught, you know, that you're not a man if you're, if you're having sex with a man, if you're taking it up the ass, you're not a man. If you're giving it to another man, you're not a man. You're not a man. And if you're if you're having sex with another man, and so having said that, you know that's understandable that your your boyfriend would have a difficult time coming out of the closet because his his male friends, especially, and his family is probably his dad and maybe his mother as well, especially are probably very uh, his parents especially are probably very religious as well. That's another African American trait of the culture. Um, and so those two things combined, being black and being part of a culture that's also very religious, Christian, and usually Southern Baptist or something, are um, very difficult, makes it very difficult for him to come out of the closet. So I understand his, his fear in not wanting to come out. Um, it's very understandable. However, um, I don't find that to be... Um, an excuse for him to um, say to you that you should not try to encourage him to come out of the closet or not be openly gay because um, first of all, I don't think it's right for him to say that um, that the only thing that can come between you is you pressuring him to come out of the closet. Well, first of all, if he really loves you and cares about you, whatever, it doesn't matter how much you pressure him or whatever word he used. Um, to come out of the closet, it shouldn't fucking matter because you are going to be you just as he's going to be himself. So if he doesn't want you to pressure him, that's fine if he doesn't want you to. But if you feel as his boyfriend, his partner, whatever, that it's something that's important for him and you're trying to encourage him and trying to make him grow, then encourage him to. You should be able to express your opinion about anything, especially with your boyfriend or your partner or whatever. You should always be able to say your speak your mind 
anywhere you are, but most especially with the one you love. So if you can't, don't, you know, I don't think it's right for him to tell you, you can't do this. You can't do that about this, whatever, just, you know, shut up about it or whatever he's telling you to do. First of all, I don't like that. Secondly, um, you said when you're, you're with his straight friends that you get really insecure or become jealous. Um, I don't know if you, you mean by that. If you mean by jealous, do you mean that you're jealous that he's spending time with them and not you? Or do you mean jealous as in a sexual or jealous, you know, romantically jealous type way, meaning you think he's, he's having sex with them or, or he wants to be with them more than you. I mean, I'm not sure what, what you mean by that exactly. Um, but if you're, you know, if you just mean that you would rather be, um, if you mean he's spending straight time, time with his straight friends away from you, I mean, if, that, if that's what you mean, which I assume it is, if that's what you mean, then yeah, that, that you have a right to feel, um, left behind or, uh, unloved to some degree. If he has never introduced you to his friends, if all of his friends are straight, especially, and if he is keeping this one part of his life separate from you, that means he's keeping you a secret. Mm, that's not okay. Not for a real relationship, I mean. And that's where being in the, in the closet becomes an issue for your relationship because he's not allowing everyone to know you, see you, love you, accept you, understand you, and understand that he, you're a part of who he is in his life now. And that's like he's making you his little fucking secret or a little slut. You know, he fucks on the side and that's it. And that's not okay. Not okay with me anyway, and it shouldn't be okay with you. If you want a real relationship, if he's just a drive-by and you just want to have sex with him and you just want to have, you know, hang out and fuck or whatever, that's fine, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter if he introduces you to his friends. Who, fuck, who fucking cares? But if this is a guy that you're really serious about and you really want to have a relationship with him and you really want to love him and he really loves you or claims to, then that's just not, it's not acceptable behavior for him to keep you a secret. Mm-mm. So in my opinion, he has to make a decision, either come out and uh, be, you know, gay and integrate you into his life a hundred percent, or he needs to move on and find some other guy to be on the down low with or whatever, because this is not acceptable behavior. I know this is probably not what you want to hear, but this is what I think. Yes. What I think, this is what I think. I think this is not a good, healthy relationship for someone the way you've described it to me so far. I mean, this is all I know. Um, if you are being kept a secret, uh, instead of being held to the light and, uh, shined and illuminated as the beautiful, beautiful guy you are. So hopefully you will, um, you know, confront him and tell him, look, I like you or love you, whatever it is you feel about him. Tell him that and tell him that I don't want to pressure you to come out of the closet right away. But if you're interested in us going somewhere and being in a relationship, you're going to have to move towards that soon because I can't be in a relationship. I can't have a real relationship with someone who keeps me a secret whom I can't be open with and, and go out with and whatever all the time. I have to be with someone who really loves me and really wants to, to show me off and wants to introduce me to this family and friends or whatever. And you can't really be friends. You can't be with someone that you're not part of their life. I mean, he's keeping an entire side of his life separate from you, and that's not acceptable. Of course, I don't know how long you've been dating him. I think it's only been a few months, right? I'm not sure. And if that's the case, then, you know, it's too soon anyway for you to pressure him to come out of the closet, you know? But if you just need to keep it in the back of your mind, that if he's saying he's never going to, and that you shouldn't pressure him to, that if ultimately your end goal is to have a long-term relationship with him 
then you need to have a very serious talk with not only him, but with yourself about the future prospects of this relationship, because it's not going to go anywhere ultimately, if he's not going to ever come out of the closet. Your other question was how to better manage your emotions and um, how to learn not to assume the worst. Well, sometimes, you know what, John, sometimes assuming the worst is not a bad thing. <laughs> sometimes assuming the worst is your instinct, is your um, gut telling you that something's not right about this, something's wrong, this is not right, or doesn't feel right, or something's off. Sometimes that's where it's coming from. If you always assume the worst, a worst literally, then yeah, that's a bummer and you can't just go through life always assuming the worst. You can look at the glass half empty or half full. If you're saying you always look at the glass half empty, then turn that fucking frown upside down <laughs> and start looking at things half, half full instead of saying, well, I have you know this guy that really... I really love and like whatever, but he won't come out of the closet. You know, he's going to leave me because he's never going to come out of the closet. Instead of assuming that, say, well, it may be true that he's never going to come out of the closet, but I can enjoy him while we're together. So if you can look at it that way and say, well, it may not last forever, but I can have a really great, you know, relationship with this guy while he's around. Um, and he may or may not leave you. You know what, John, look, everybody, everybody who's in love, uh, is afraid of being left. I don't care what they say. There are people out there who who are not very integrated emotionally. Anyway, people who would never admit that. They'll never say, no, I'm not afraid of anybody leaving me. I don't care if they leave me. I find them by myself, whatever. That's fucking bullshit because everybody's human and everybody has vulnerabilities. And if you're not vulnerable, you're not really loving. That's the truth. You have to both love to be loved and to love. You have to be vulnerable. It's not possible without it. You have to be um, capable of being hurt. Uh, otherwise, you don't know what it means to love or lose love because you don't. You've never felt it before. Um, so I don't think that you know um, loving or you know your emotions or whatever uh, telling you that something is bad or whatever is always a bad thing. I think sometimes you should listen to that. Um, but it's a, it's really a matter of experience, John. Unfortunately, you're young. I know you probably hate hearing that, but <laughs> you're so young and you have so much more life ahead. And these, these coming years are so important to your development as a human being and as a gay man. And, um, you're going to, those are the, those are the years you really learn, you know, your twenties are so that twenties is where we all make our fucking mistakes. We make our fucking mistakes over and over and when our hearts are broken over and over and we hurt other people over and over. We make this fucking stupid mistakes. You look back in your life like, fuck, I was stupid. Everybody. I don't know anybody who goes and looks back at their twenties and doesn't say, fuck, I was an idiot or fuck, I was stupid, you know? So you're, you're, you're learning, but at least the good thing is with you, you're cognizant of it and you're trying to work on it already. And you're trying to make yourself a better person. You're trying to grow as an individual. You're trying to do the right thing. And that means you're, you're conscientious and that you give a shit. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people, it takes them until their forties or fifties before they get that way. And, um, I was like you, I was, I was the same way. I was very thoughtful and conscientious about myself and how I affected other people and my, and how I was affecting myself when I'm in my twenties. And I was also highly emotional. I'm still highly emotional, but I was very emotional in my twenties. I was, I was so emotional. It was just almost impossible sometimes for me because I, I felt things so deeply and so strongly for everything and everybody all the time. Um, and you know, so quickly oftentimes as well. 
And so I just, you know, if I like somebody, I knew I liked them and I didn't need, you know, a year between me and, and dating them to know. Um, I just knew, uh, and you know, so I, I guess that's also part of the fact that I'm so empathic and stuff and can pick up on people's personalities. But I think that, um, you have to remember that the twenties are for that kind of bullshit. And they suck. Your 20s are going to be the greatest years and the suckiest years of your life at the same time. I swear. You look back in your life at my age and you think, wow, those are some fucking great years. I had so much fucking fun. I did some great things. I tried new things. I tried this. I did the blah, 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 blah. But I also made a lot of fucking mistakes. <laughs> but you learn from every one of them. So just take heart and and don't worry about it. And so my, my bottom line, I guess, is you know if you want to just continue to date this guy uh, based on what you've told me, Anyway, you, you need to, to tell him and you know, that in the future, in order to be with you, he's going to have to eventually come out, whether it's, you know, in six months, a year or whatever, you can give him a time frame, and you can help him transition to doing that. You can help him do that or guide him to people who can or whatever, but you, I don't see you personally <laughs> as ever going back in the closet. I don't see you being a closeted individual and being someone who's ashamed to be gay at all. And dating someone that is closeted is putting yourself back in there as well. And to some degree anyway. And, um, I don't think it's right to ever, as I've said many times on my show, to dim your light for someone else. And, um, in doing that, I think you would be dimming your light. And, um, that's not fair for anyone to ask of you to do. Um, especially someone that's supposed to love you. So I hope that that helps somewhat anyway. I don't know if it did, <laughs> but I hope that that helped answer your question about that. My last uh, topic for the night is um, there is a study, a scientific study, a very long-term scientific study about um, gays or same-sex couples uh, raising um, the effects of same-sex couples raising uh, raising kids and children or whatever. And the study, um, which was done by a very well-respected, uh, organization, I can find it. I'm trying to find it. Um, so here it is right here. So it says children of same sex parents, healthier and more adjusted than their peers says new study. Um, and so basically it says they found, we found that children from same sex families scored an average 6% better on two key measures, general health and family cohesion even when controlling for a number socio-demographic factors such as parent education and household income, said the lead researcher Simon Crouch. But on most health measures, including emotional behavior and physical functioning, there was no difference when compared with children from the general population. So basically it's saying that in terms of uh, emotional behavior and physical functioning, they are just as equally well adjusted as any heterosexual couple's children. And in terms of general health and family cohesion, they are much better off that are better off rather than heterosexual families. So, you know, all those fucking idiots, the stupid heterosexual morons out there that are so anti gays raising children because it's going to ruin the fabric of society or it's going to fuck them up or to make them gay or whatever. You're all fucking idiots. But we knew that anyway, didn't we? <laughs> 
That's all for tonight on Game Ask. I want to thank you for listening to the show. If you have a question you'd like to ask me, you can go to info or e- rather email it to info, I-N-F-O, at offlimitsshow.com. You can also tweet me on Off Limits Show on Twitter. Also Facebook, on the Facebook page. Be sure to sign up for that if you're not already a member. And like me on, uh, follow me on Twitter, like me on Facebook, and also um, listen to my show as often as you can. <laughs> I appreciate you listening and I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Good night. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 